Hey y'all, what's up? This is your girl Amber with Reaching Your Potential. In this episode, I have a very special guest with me on this episode. Very excited to bring her on and talk about something very important in today's time. And it's really about balance. Do we really have balance in our lives? Are we working, working, working and having no time for leisure? If you are one of those type of people, this is the episode you need to listen to. So let's get started. episode I have a very special guest her name is Michaela she is an OT student right now she's going to introduce herself and fun fact we actually met through Instagram but I didn't realize she was an OT student until a little bit later when I was following her and I was following her through my fitness page so first the passion about fitness I was like okay I love her two she's also freaking tall like she's so tall it's crazy and then I found out she was in OT school. So I was like, okay, like we are meant to be friends. So I'm so yeah, glad Michaela has some time in her schedule to come on that podcast and talk about something so important, which is balance. So everybody meet Michaela. I'm pretty hey girl, good. how are you doing? I am pretty good. good. So good to like hear. We've met on Instagram. So mm-hmm. when I found out you were an OT, I was like, oh yeah, we got to connect. We got to <laughs> connect somehow, some way, shape or form. We're connecting because we have fitness in common, OT, we're both Black mm-hmm. women. So yep. I'm just so grateful. Let me just start off by saying I'm just so grateful that and honored and humbled that you asked me to come on here. I'm so mm-hmm. thankful. I'm so grateful just to be in this space with you. I love what you're doing here with everything that you're doing in your life. You're a track coach. You're a fitness <laughs> guru. I'm just going to say it. You're a fitness guru. <laughs> you're an occupational therapist. You're doing it all. And I'm just very grateful to be in this space with you today. Uh, you are so sweet. Like, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I wasn't expecting her to say any of that at all. Like that really is so touching and warm to my heart. I mean, that's oh, that's so nice for you to say, Michaela. And Michaela is doing amazing things as well. And you guys are going to learn a little bit about what she does outside of OT. She does phenomenal things. I'm not even going to spoil it. So we're going to jump right into it. But before we start talking about balance and occupational balance and what is occupational balance, all this other type of stuff, Let's learn a little bit about you, Michaela, and tell me, how did you learn about OT? So I'm going to start from undergrad. So in undergrad, I played volleyball at Jackson State University, and I was studying recreational therapy. So just being in the field of recreational therapy alone just kind of put me in spaces where occupational therapists would be as well. So my internship for my senior year, I was in a nursing home and they also had like a rehab area in there. And I saw, I didn't know what they were, but I saw these people in there working on doing puzzles with people. They were working on doing laundry, making beds, cooking, doing all these functional activities that were practical in a sense. So I was like, you know what, let me just, let me just ask one of these 
these rehab professionals what they are, what they're doing and try to shadow them for a little because I was thinking about doing physical therapy and then I just mm-hmm. saw them in their element. And I was like, wow, <laughs> doing actual tasks that pertain to things that we do every day, dressing, right. putting on your clothes, everything. So I graduated and I still kind of didn't really know if I really wanted to do occupational therapy. So I was at Amazon mm-hmm. working in a warehouse for like a year. I'm not going to lie. I didn't dislike <laughs> it, but I knew I had, I knew I could be doing so much more with myself while I was working. At right. Like my coworkers were really cool. They were so funny. They were so genuine and down to earth and like real people. But for me, I knew I could be doing way more with myself than working at Amazon. So I decided I want to go get my master's in something. This was something that I kind of had in my head since I graduated. Like I want to get my master's in something, but I just don't know when and where. Cause like I said, I was a student athlete. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I need, I just need a break from school. Let me just try (laughs) to work and make some money and just enjoy life for a second. Exactly. Right. You know, you know the deal. (laughs) I know the deal. Into it though. Yeah, I did because my program was a five-year program. So luckily I just stayed in the school that I was already attending undergrad. But if I had to switch over, I probably would have done the same thing. Right. Yeah, because you're really young. Yeah. I <laughs> Another am. thing about me is I'm 26. <laughs> this year I'm going to turn 27 and I'm still in my occupational therapy program. But let me rewind my story. So I decided I wanted to go get my master's in something. And then I started researching occupational therapy. I started researching all the requirements compared Mm -hmm. to physical therapy. And I was like, hmm, let me just just go with occupational therapy because like (laughs) rec therapy, we didn't have, it wasn't heavy with the science, like how physical therapy was. Right. So Mm -hmm. I had to go back to a school in my area called NKU and I took a few prerequisite classes. I took like anthropology and um, Mm -hmm. chemistry. Oh my God. Chemistry was (laughs) the most intense class that I took undergrad, hands down. That Mm -hmm. was a class that I learned like maybe I have a little bit of dyslexia because ever since (laughs) (laughs) I took college algebra I was fine there I made it because one of my my teammates helped me like along the way but chemistry like the whole answer would be wrong just because I flipped a six to a nine so yeah chemistry biology like those type of sciences or natural sciences it'd be blowing my mind sometimes I would be like uh do I really need this course for OT (laughs) But it was really, it was a really interesting course. It was really interesting. But, um, and also I shouldn't say, I shouldn't try to self-diagnose myself with dyslexia, but I know that was one (laughs) of the things that I encountered as a barrier to, you know, just doing better in that class. So I took chemistry and I took all my prerequisite classes and I had my heart set on going to the school that I'm at now because they have a program that they, it's like online. It's like a hybrid program. So I was like, I want to go to school and I want to work as a recreational therapist at the same time, because around this time when I was taking my prerequisite classes, 
I got my certification to work as a recreational therapist. But the thing okay. about rec therapy jobs is they're very sparse. Mm, they are yeah. very, very sparse. So even when I, so I got in the occupational therapy program that I'm in right now, I moved down to Atlanta and cause that's where the school was. And okay. I couldn't find a rec therapy job that was close. Yeah. You know, Atlanta's right. traffic is mm-hmm. terrible out there. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I said, I moved down to Atlanta and while I was in school, like those first two years, I had two different jobs. One was at a rehab center and one was at an assisted living facility. So I was working, going to school and trying to figure out this whole consistency thing as far as getting in a gym that I actually liked, doing the workouts that I actually liked. At some point, like my workouts were restricted to just outdoor workouts. So that's another thing about me, y'all, is I, I'm going to get my workouts in. I'm going to get my workout <laughs> in regardless. If I have a gym, if I have a uh, partner to work out with, I'm going to get it in. So right. yeah, that's kind of a little bit of my background as far as how I found OT and a little bit of mm-hmm. getting of my path in OT school. So that's where I'm at right now, kind of. Nice. No, that's awesome. That's interesting you said that about rec therapy because Ithaca, I went to Ithaca College and they had a rec program. So um, I remember the first time I actually heard about the recreational therapy program, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I didn't know they really had that major available, but to see the difference of like what PTs do, OTs do, and rec therapists do, um, we had this class where we had to go to this assistant living facility and work with a patient who had some type of symptoms of stroke. So they had an OT, a PT, and a rec therapist. So it was really nice to like work all together as a team, um, having different sessions with this one patient, but also knowing like what the scope of practice is. But also to keep in mind about like how sparse the amount of jobs for rec therapists are, even like looking, when I was looking for OT jobs and stuff, I was just looking for like therapy jobs just in general, especially when I was, you know, preparing for my boards and stuff. And I didn't really see that many in New York at all. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you were able to kind of see that and you're like, okay, what else can I do and have like a plan B, which right. is OT. Right. And I loved recreational therapy. It was so much yeah. fun. One of the first rec therapy jobs that I got was working in a nursing home as a assistant, um, assistant activities director. So Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, it was really fun. We got to see Elvis come in all the time. They would bring in their uh-huh. therapy dogs. We do like morning coffee. And I just feel like leisure in itself is just so important for everybody on this earth to engage in because we get we can get so caught up in what we have going on in our lives that we forget to just have fun with what we're, with what we're doing. Regardless yes, of exactly. Like any type of journey, your fitness journey should be fun. Your your schooling journey should be fun, even though it can be stressful sometimes. (laughs) It should be fun and enjoyable. But I'm just passionate about people engaging in 
leisure and things that they actually enjoy and doing the things that they want to do in life, everybody. I love that. And I think that's great about OT too, that we always focus on not just work and exercise or not just like work and sleep and play, but we also look at leisure too. Leisure is so important and having that patient being able to engage in those meaningful occupations, which can be leisure things, we have the opportunity to focus sessions on those things because it's going to improve their quality of life. And in a way, they may not see that they're getting stronger, but they're, they are. <laughs> so I think that's the beauty of how OT, it kind of has this big umbrella on, you know, it has sides of PT with working on strength and range of motion and stuff. But we also have some sides of rec too, when we can focus on leisure too. So right. I don't know, OT just has so many, so many things. Athletes. and that's one of the things that I love about OT too is like you can go into hand therapy which is more like ortho based you can go into mental health you can you could work as a activities director as an occupational therapist like the possibilities are really endless in occupational therapy and that I really appreciate that about this profession I agree. You can't get tired of the profession because when you get tired in one setting, you're like, okay, let me try something new. Right. And you get that energy, that drive again. So it's so great. And it's not anything but to pull out your old textbooks and just study up on things that that you're going through or connect with other people who are in that field and just talk to them and get an idea of what's to come. Exactly. I agree. Alrighty, so we got a good little idea of what OT is. So let's dive into this balance and the topic of occupational balance. So before we even started the episode, <laughs> Michaela asked me, um, like, wait, what is occupational balance? Because I said, like, you know, we learned about it in school and things of that nature. And Michaela's like, we did. <laughs> and um in a way, I was saying we kind of did, but in an indirect way, you know. So I was explaining to Michaela about there was a project I remember I did in OT school where the professor told us to log what we do within 24 hours. And at that time, I was a student athlete. Like Michaela did volleyball, I did track and field. So I logged in what I did during that specific day for 24 hours. There were at least like four or five hours dedicated to track time, lifting, running, whatever I was doing that day. Um, Then I was studying for some parts of the day, doing homework, hanging out with friends or, you know, just communicating and just engaging with my friends, having fun, doing something, talking, whatever. And also making sure I had enough sleep as well. So I probably had maybe between six to seven hours of sleep. And after that project, you're able to create kind of like a pie chart of how much percentage of your day consists of work, play, leisure, sleep, rest, whatever. And when we think about occupational balance or just occupations in general, it consists of all those things. And the beauty of seeing that visual pie chart is to see if you have occupational balance or occupational imbalance. And occupational balance 
is basically where you have a good balance of all those different criteria in your life. So you don't feel overwhelmed with working all day and not having enough sleep to pursue your day. Or you may be like, okay, I'm socializing with my friends for like eight hours and I'm not getting work done. You get to see that (laughs) visually and try to figure out what can you do to have that occupational balance. So that's kind of like a little snippet of what um, occupational balance is. And it's not just for our clients or patients, but it's just, it's even for us. On a daily basis, we need to reflect on what we do on a daily basis to create that balance because we have tw- we all have 24 hours in the day what do we use that time to do so with that being said Michaela can you tell me just like a little snippet of like what do you do during your 24 hours in the day uh, it's just so funny hearing you say we all have 24 hours in a day because when I was <laughs> undergrad I had my volleyball coach we we went through this period where we lost our championship and she was like okay we got to be on go we got to be on go all the time so we used to say this phrase we have 24 hours in a day and I'm just asking for four four hours of practice Mm. straight that's what she wanted from us I was not (laughs) ready for that but anyways so my typical 24 hours in a day I like to practice having a morning routine and a nighttime routine. Just having those two elements in my day consistently really make a difference on the productivity that that I produce throughout the day. So I try to be a part of the 5 a.m. club. I try to be like you, Amber, (laughs) 5 a.m. every morning, but that doesn't always happen. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. is when I typically get to the gym. So that's the okay. first thing on my agenda typically every day. Um, also, even before that, I like to just get my mind right. I like to read yes. my affirmations, read my goals, meditate, mm-hmm. do a little bit of that. And then um, I'll get on social media for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just call it what it is. I get on social media hey, after okay. I get my mind right, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and... Then I'll get ready and I'll go to the gym for about two hours. So I'll be in the gym for probably, it, it kind of ranges, but I usually will be back at my house to, at 10 a.m. After that time in the gym, I'll try to go straight into studying. After I shower and eat breakfast, I'll go straight into studying for, I like to practice sustained attention. So I'll go for at least an hour. I'll go for at least an hour and I try to do things like I'll turn off my phone and um, just kind of limit mm-hmm. the amount of windows that I have or tabs that I have up on my yeah. screen. I love YouTube. I love YouTube. I will be on YouTube for a good 30 minutes watching one video. But <laughs> after about two hours of studying, I like to give myself a little break. Give myself a little lunch yeah. break, eat lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll go back into studying and hopefully I'll be done by done with studying. This is, I try to have a study frame of about 11 AM to 6 PM. Mm-hmm. But, but with me saying this, this story of my schedule, I just have to share with y'all. I got a new job 
last week. I literally started this new job last week. So I'm not really able to do that same schedule anymore. Right. Okay. And right now I was talking about this on my fitness page on my store the other day, yesterday, I'm struggling. I'm struggling managing my time between work. I'm Right now, I feel like I'm working way too much. I told them that I want to work 24 hours a week, which is three days. Three days, they give me four. (laughs) So um, I'm just going to have to figure out how to get back in a good routine where I'm not neglecting any of the things that I need to neglect, like studying and Mm -hmm. um, content because I do make YouTube videos as well. I've been neglecting that very, very much so. But I, the thing about me and occupational balance is, you know, there's some people that love that stress, that, that go, 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 always having, I feel like you're that way too. Oh, girl, no. Like, I mean, (laughs) in a way I like to be organized. I like to have things structured. So the way that you said the morning routine, night routine, I try my best to be as structured as possible with that. So my morning routines, I feel like I'm pretty good with that. Like even my body wakes up around four o'clock, even when I don't go to the gym, which is really bad. Cause sometimes I just want to stay asleep, but my body's like, nope, you got to go. But my morning routines for the most part are pretty structured. I'll wake up, I'll do my, like my spiritual thing where like I pray, I'll read the Bible or, you know, just get my mind right before I go to the gym around like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, but I stay between an hour and a half to two hours um, at the gym. And that's including cooling down and warming up as well. So I get back to my house around like definitely before 7.30. And I go to work to see my first patient depending on what day it is, either 9.30 or like 10.30, something like that. And of course, depending on my day, I may see six patients one day, or I may see four or three, depending, which is great. Meaning like the less patients I see, the earlier my day ends. And um, I come back home, I just finish up my documentation and I'm just like chilling for the rest of the day, either watching Netflix or just preparing um, my content for my fitness page or the podcast or, you know, something just to keep me going. But I'm not a procrastinator. I cannot. I will stress out the whole way through. I like to plan weeks in advance for things. And when people are not like that, I'm always on them. And I'm, I don't know, it's bad for me to do that. But for me, it keeps me sane. <laughs> because I'm like, okay, so about that date, you're good for that date, right? Did you look up that stuff for that specific date and time? I just want to make sure because I have it on my planner or I have it in my planner, mm-hmm. everything. Like my life is my planner. Everything is structured in there. So I don't know. I'm just a very organized person that needs things to be done in advance or things are not going to work out and I will stress out. But I have a friend that loves to be, she's productive under pressure. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think I'm more so like your friend. I, I do procrastinate <laughs> a little bit. I do. I do. 
like how I texted you just to see like, are we still on for tomorrow? I texted you that at like 10 o'clock last night. <laughs> I should have been texting you that like weeks ago. But like, it's like some people, I feel like some people enjoy that stress of um, not necessarily procrastinating, but being busy. And I like yeah. how structured you are with your schedule. I'm trying to be more like that. So I buy... Um, I don't have a planner because I used to do planners, but I was like, eh, planners don't really work Enough for you. Something yeah. that I look at every day. So I bought a desk calendar and that's been working out really good for me. Nice. Just, you know, plain little thing, like $2. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I'm working on to kind of beat my procrastinate procrastination because I know that's, that's what I'll do <clears throat> <laughs> if I don't write it down and if I don't see it. So yeah, no, I agree. And I, I love the little desk calendars. I used to have that for grad school and write down everything um, that was coming up. So I see it in advance because I'm a visual person too. Like I need to see it before I forget. And another thing I do have too, is like, you know, those big whiteboards. Mm -hmm. I have that really like mounted on my wall and I'm constantly writing down my schedule for my job of like the clients I'm going to see for that specific day so I can visually see like okay this day is going to be really long so I'm going to plan in advance to get some coffee (laughs) because I know I'm going to need it or okay Friday is a good day because I only have three to four patients that day so I have something to look forward to so it's just nice to to see it before it comes right that's how I feel about it I'm right there with you I'm so visual any sense Mm -hmm. I'm like the way that I study even is like I have to look at it I have to say it out I have to get all the senses that I can to try to remember Mm -hmm. I'm the same way even when I was studying for the board exam I was writing things down I was looking at videos I was listening to podcasts I was doing everything all different types of learning styles because I don't know it just makes the information kind of flow and increase the active recall so right. if you just look at videos but you're not reading exactly what that information is talking about then it might be a little bit more difficult but of course everybody have different learning styles as well so mm-hmm. And I feel like also with just getting in a good routine and managing your time better, it's very individualized as we go yes. from person to person to person. I know some people that that like not sleeping that much. I don't know why that's not healthy in my opinion. I'm always trying to, right. to get more sleep, but they feel like they they run better if they get less sleep. I'm like... I'm just going to tell you that you probably need more sleep, but again, it's just an individualized process. I feel like OTs, we kind of have to go as our patients go and kind of cater to their needs while also telling them, um, while also promoting health and what's health. Yeah, I agree. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I do that all the time with my patients now, um, even though like, they're like, oh, well, I do this anyway. And I'm like, well, okay but let me try to educate you on you know if let's say for example sleep right let's say if a patient only gets four hours of sleep for some reason I'm like okay you need to get some more sleep or trying to figure out why they're only getting four hours of sleep 
then majority of my patients since they're older they're like oh I'm just I just have pain I'm like okay pain where maybe we can figure out something to alleviate the pain so you can sleep longer because you're not getting enough sleep you're not getting enough energy you're not going to be as alert as you could be if you were sleeping for long longer hours at a time while you're sleeping and for me I've been trying so hard to get at least seven to eight hours of sleep. And my family knows that before nine o'clock, for the most part, I'm, I'm not. I am sleeping. I, if I'm not sleeping, I'm in my bed <laughs> because I'm really trying to make a conscious effort of sleeping for a good amount of hours, especially I know I'm going to the gym early in the morning. I can't be up at midnight getting up at 4 30 that's no and I know I have to work too it just doesn't make any sense so it's I agree that it is an individualized thing because everybody's schedule is different some people may be working at like in a night shift or they may not be doing as much during the day but also it depends also on when do they start their day too and hopefully they're aware of like, okay, if I start my day early in the morning, like me, like 4.30, you should try to be in bed before 10 o'clock, <laughs> right. but to each and his I, own. I, to each his own, but when it comes to sleep, you will notice a difference once you start getting the amount of sleep that you need. Like that 5 a.m. club, I had to force myself, mm-hmm. every, every night when I woke up at 5 a.m., I would get tired around 9 you know, I typically am that person to stay up late, try to do things that I didn't accomplish throughout the day late. And that's yeah. when I notice I'm tired. I'm tired throughout my whole day next day. And I'm the type of person also, I don't nap. <laughs> I don't like to <laughs> because I like, I like to be productive during my hours out the day. So yeah. I just feel like the more we start to pay attention to these little changes that we make and we try to pay attention to these little changes in our habits, yeah. the more aware we'll be of the, the benefits of these habits. No, I agree. And um, even when you were talking about habits and, and stuff like that, what would you say is a good habit of yours right now? And I don't, I don't want to say bad habit, but like something that we could work, what, something you could work on. And I'll um, share as well. So I would say a habit right now that I'm actively trying to work on is being more prepared, like we talked about earlier, being more prepared. Mm -hmm. And one thing specifically is writing out my to-do list every day. This is my little notebook. I'm a big writer. So (laughs) my workouts are in this notebook. My to-do lists are in this notebook. My notes from just talking to different people are in this notebook and Mm -hmm. That is one of the things that I noticed, like if I write out my to-do list the day before, the night before, my next day is going to be productive. I'm not going to procrastinate. I'm going to do everything that I have to do because I'll be more focused and I have that visual reference to look at to complete Mm -hmm. the task I have to complete throughout the day. So I don't always do that. That's why I say it's something Mm -hmm. that I need to work on, but it's something that do that's good for me when I do you know (laughs) right exactly no that's good and what's a good habit that you have right now um a good habit for me 
I would say working out. It's a, at this point, it really is a habit. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. even want to say like, that's my good habit because like, I just do that <laughs> at this point. I don't work out that, that much. I go three to four mm-hmm. days, a week, but I'm going to do no, it. That's, that's all that you need. Honestly speaking. I remember when, when hmm, it was a few months ago, I was going five times a week. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I don't need to do that much, especially if I felt that I was getting good quality workouts in. <clears throat> so I, right now I brought it down to four times a week mm-hmm. and I feel so much better. Um, on Thursdays, that's when I sleep in and I don't worry about, you know, I don't have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I can actually sleep in and just enjoy my sleep, which is nice. Because Tuesdays and Thursdays aren't really like my hard days or like my hard lifting days. They're pretty like kind of quick, like plyo work, core work, some cardio, things of that nature. So I was like, if I have at least one day not to work out, I think I will feel a little bit more energized. And then so far, I've been feeling great with that. I feel like lifting and working out, going to the gym, that's a great habit because even though you say that it's not like, oh, like, you don't really think about it that way. There are people out there, even probably people that are listening to this podcast, that struggle with that working out, you know, it takes a lot of discipline and consistency to go to the gym on a regular basis. <laughs> right, it, it does. It does take a lot. And I feel like when it comes to creating that habit of working out, it's all about, it's not necessarily about working out so, so hard and, and, and killing yourself in the gym and just feeling dead every time you leave. It's, it's, it's also an individual thing. Some people do yoga. Some people just, you know, like to go out for their walks every now and then, depending on age and what Mm -hmm. they like to do. Some people, it varies as as from person to person. And creating those habits of being an active person, it doesn't necessarily have to be lifting or working out. If you create that habit of just being an active person, maybe even parking your car back farther and walking Mm -hmm. every time you go into the grocery store, just creating those little habits will really make a difference in your health, your long-term health. In addition to um, the physical habits, the diet, habits also have to be there and now that is something Mm -hmm. that I'm definitely definitely struggling with athletes (laughs) we have the worst reputation for eating like garbage ever since I was in (laughs) undergrad my coach would take us to McDonald's um Whataburger Wendy's Cracker Barrel oh my god I love (laughs) (laughs) I loved Cracker Barrel once you start to pay more attention to how you feel when, when you're eating these foods and when you feel when you eat better foods, those are the internal like indicators that will really make you aware of this habit's really good for me. So that's so important that you said that about the dietary thing because I don't know, my track team was a little bit different. They were so into nutrition and I honestly was not. Majority of my team were white and their eating lifestyles are a little bit different than mine. So even freshman year, I struggled a lot with my eating habits. And um, I would go to late night, I would eat all this different fried foods and eat French fries and you know, whatever, like become like, 
you know, I'm working out anyway, so I'm just going to eat this food and I'm going to run it off anyway. So what's going to be a big deal? But I realized that it, the results of it, which you mentioned, like how you actually feel internally and even physically, you know, I felt that I was a little bit heavier. It took me some time to, you know, run the times that I wanted to run and all that other stuff and figure out like, okay, why am I not running fast or why I'm not reaching the level that I know I can get to, but something needs to give. And luckily my coach had a conversation with me and told me, you know, you can go to nationals. Like I know you have the work ethic to go to nationals, but we need to work on some things. In the beginning of every season, we will have individualized meeting with our coach, talking about our goals, talking about, you know, what worked last year or as a freshman or a sophomore, how was high school versus now and all this other stuff. And I told her, I'm like, I want to go to nationals. Like, that's my long-term goal. I want to go to nationals and be an All-American. And she's like, okay, so what can you do to get there? And I was like, you know, work hard and all that stuff. And she's like, okay, like, you got that. But let's go dive a little deeper. Like, what about like you're eating? What do you eat? And I'm like, crap, I eat like crap. Like, I honestly eat hard. I already know I do. And um, when I had, I was aware of that, it was a habit, you know, like that bad habit was of me eating these foods that were not good for me. And if I want to go to nationals and train hard and become an All-American, I need to change something. I need to change something in my routine. And from there on, I was like very conscious of what I ate, not, you know, restricting myself in any type of way, but you know, just choosing better options for eating. Um, instead of fried chicken <laughs> for lunch, maybe I should get some grilled chicken and eat on a salad or a grilled chicken sandwich or whatnot, you know? So like just making those different changes in my eating definitely made a huge improvement from my sophomore year or a freshman year of college running track to my last two years running. You know, like those last two years are so big for me that like I went to nationals junior year and senior year and became an All-American. And I was like, wow, like if I changed my habits earlier, imagine what I could have done. But, you know, we learn and it's fine. Even though you said that's something that you're working on, I feel like I've been really good with my eating, um, especially during the pandemic. When it first started, um, I started really emphasizing meal prepping. And I feel like meal prepping had was such a game changer for me. I'm organized. I have all my food laid out for the week. So I don't have to worry about thinking like, okay, what am I going to eat today? It's already in the fridge. You know, you just take it out, pop it in the microwave, you eat it and you're good to go. So I feel like I've been very organized with that. And also like the consistency with going to the gym. I feel like I'm very good with that too. But something I am still working on is um, staying in the moment or in terms of like prioritizing things because I'm, and I feel like you can probably relate to it too, because we have so many hats and so many roles in our lives. So like you're an OT student and you have your YouTube channel, you do other things like in your life and like I'm an OT, I have the fitness thing, you have the fitness page as well. You know, I got the podcast. 
it's just like so many things that we have to do. And I also have like a leadership role in my church too. So I have a lot of things going on and I want to make sure I'm in the moment when I'm doing those specific things versus trying to multitask because I feel like I'm always multitasking. And sometimes that's a great thing, but then sometimes it can definitely hinder you just living in the moment. And I have to really be more aware of that and try to like, okay, Amber, stop what you're doing. What are you doing right now? And just focus on that right now. Because sometimes I do that when I'm, let's say, driving to the gym. I'm thinking about things about work. Like, okay, what I'm going to do with such and such at 930. I'm like, stop. Don't do that. You're going to the gym. Focus at the gym. So So when you get in that mindset of thinking about things, other the other things that you have to do, does it give you like like a little bit of anxiety? Just thinking about the things that you have to do. It low-key does. It really does because, I don't know, I feel like if I don't do it at that certain time or that moment, I'm going to forget what I'm supposed to do. So I need to do it now while it's on my mind, you know? I love that you know know that what you have to do to fight that is just staying present and staying in the moment, though. Because I feel like a lot of the times we do worry about what's next. Like what's going to happen next? Not even, not even if you're juggling all these things, but even if like you're, you're wanting to step outside of your comfort zone, you're worried about what's going to happen if you step outside your comfort zone. And then you have all these anxious thoughts that, that kind of weigh you down. But I love that, you know, that staying present and being mindful is what you need to do to kind of slow things down and just stay Mm -hmm. in the moment, focus on the task at hand. So I think that's yeah. I think you're on a really good path since you already know huh. that's what you need to work on. But I just want to go back to what you were saying about being around athletes that did have that. Like, yes, please. I played club volleyball at this elite club out here and all my teammates were white and we used to always eat healthy. It was like mm-hmm. none of their parents were overweight. Like, they would work so hard on court and off the court. These girls, they were after something. And I think it was (laughs) a scholarship, either a scholarship or the career that they wanted because these girls just had this mindset of don't stop. Like, go, go, go. I'm going to be the best. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get my scholarship and I'm going to get the career that I want because volleyball is fueling my future. And yeah. on top of that mindset, they were all healthy eaters. They, they didn't really entertain the thought of McDonald's, at least from what I saw. And right. I heard a very similar story to you. Like my coach, my sophomore year or my junior year was like, Michaela, you need to lose weight. You, she just said it straight Ooh, She out. was so blunt. <laughs> she said it because she's an island woman. She was from oh. St. Croix. So she also had the accent. She was mm. like, Michaela, you need mm-hmm. to lose weight. So I was like, oh, like I'm already like leading and everything in the swag. I've been starting since I was a freshman. Why are you trying to bring me down, coach? You're trying <laughs> to bring me down right now. So I thought about it and I tried. I tried to make that intentional outside of practice, go to the gym or whatnot, but that wasn't cutting it. Just going and working out and doing like a little bit of cardio here and there that wasn't cutting it. So my senior season, 
I started eating better. I want to say eating better, but <laughs> having more of a cal a calorie deduction, a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm a big eater. I'll, I'm a big eater. Eat yeah, I love food too. Right. And I'm sick too. So like, that was like my thought process back then. I'm tall. I'm big. I need to eat a bunch of food so I can sustain myself, but not really. You don't really need to do that. So I reduced the amount of calories that I took in and bam, my senior year, I was like a size 10. I ain't never been that little before in my life. <laughs> I was a size 10. <laughs> And I was faster. Oh my gosh. You probably gonna laugh at this, but my mile time was 740. That was great for me. Girl, that's fast. Girl, we we had to do an eight minute mile. And I was like, oh, 20 seconds left to spare. I did that. My senior season. You did that, sis. I was not playing because I also wanted to win SWAC. And I had my individual goals like you. I wanted to be like SWAC tournament MVP. So once I started incorporating all these different things to achieve that one goal of winning SWAC and also being like the tournament MVP, it all just kind of came together and we won SWAC. I was MVP just because of the outside things that I did outside of practice to really better myself as a volleyball player and just a a more healthy person. So I was right there with you with um my coach getting on me about my eating habits and whatnot Mm -hmm. and meal prep I admire you (laughs) I because I know meal prep can be so good for me I did it one week and I was like wow I feel amazing I feel like I finally felt accomplished (laughs) I felt so accomplished I felt like I didn't have to worry about anything as far as like you know wanting to eat bad food I did it for like a week but it's a lot it, it's it's it a lot is. to try to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> that's my big that's my big excuse for that. It's just a lot, but it is a, it is a lot of time. But like, I guess it depends on what you meal prep. So for me, it's not that long because I only meal prep now for dinner. During the lunch time, I create protein shakes now because I'm on the go a lot as an OT. Well, in the setting I'm in. And then breakfast, I just make every single day. And it's pretty quick. Like I just pop a a waffle in the toaster and heat some sausage and call it a day. If you do breakfast, lunch, dinner every single day for the whole week, that is time consuming for sure. Yeah. So I definitely need to kind of figure out what's going to work for me as far as meal prep, because that works. Meal prep, period. Mm -hmm. And I need to do it. I need to be like you. (laughs) (laughs) You get there, girl. Like, it's really finding what works for you, as you say. Um, a lot of people, they're always asking, like, oh, can you share your meal plan or whatever? I'm like, it's not going to work for you because it works for me. It's literally designed for me. You may not like what I eat. You know, sometimes when I create, when I make things for the week and whatnot, sometimes my parents like it. Sometimes they don't. And it's okay because what I make is for me the foods that I eat are interests of me. And also I keep it very simple. I can eat the same thing for the whole week and be fine. Some people can't do that. They're like, no, I need variety. I don't want to eat spaghetti for the whole week, or I don't want to eat baked chicken and veggies for the whole week. I can do that. I'm totally fine with that. And because it just makes things a little bit easier and less stressful. Because if you have to buy multiple different things to make create to create different meals 
You're also spending more money. You're spending more time cooking. And I don't have time for that. I'd rather spend more time on other things that are enjoyable for my life versus, okay, I have to cook three different meals. Right. To because, just because. <laughs> just because you want a meal prep. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I don't got time. <laughs> right. So one of my friends at the gym that I'm at right now, she's a bodybuilder and she's like, wow. I eat the same thing every day. Some, like you said, some people enjoy it some people are fine with it it works for them and it works for their bodies because uh, mm-hmm. I think it's something about the macro nutrients and the proteins amount of proteins that you put in your um meal prep and some people are like no nah, I can't do that because my mom she's like no you're not meal prepping right I'm like what this is not for you you don't know anything about meal prep. what are you talking about <laughs> she's oh like oh my gosh you need to cook twice a week and you need to cook this and that. I'm like, you want me to cook for you? Just say that. Exactly. <laughs> just, just say it. Just say that. <laughs> that's but, yeah. It's a very individual thing. And that's something that I, I don't really have a good handle on, knowing the mm. amount of proteins and nutrients that my body needs specifically for the type of goals that I'm trying to do. Because right now I'm trying to do like a body recomposition deal. And they say that mm. that'll probably take a long time. But you want to know something crazy? In undergrad, I weighed like 200 pounds. I weighed like 202. And I was devastated because this guy that I liked, he was like standing over the scale and I didn't realize it. And I was like, yo, back up. And he was like, like, why are you looking? <laughs> and he was like, oh, you're going to 202 nicely. I was like, mm. and it hurted my feelings. Like how, yeah, like how am I supposed to feel about that? Right. But you want to know something crazy? The crazy part about that is I still weigh around the same weight. It's because I'm so tall and my body mm-hmm. has been changing throughout this whole process. Yeah. Like from my freshman year of college to now, I would say I roughly weigh about the same, but I look so different. I agree a hundred percent with that. Like I remember when I went to um, nationals, I was around 145, 146-ish. And um, during the summer, that's when I started seeing like dramatic changes in my body. I was like getting more muscle, less body fat type of thing. And um, I was weighing around that same time, that same weight. I was like 145, 146. And I was like, okay, like something is changing and I don't know what, but I'm kind of liking it. (laughs) Right. And it's like, some people will focus on that number on the scale because their goal is weight loss. It's not necessarily muscle growth or body recomposition. Mm -hmm. But once you start lifting those weights, once you start adding that muscle and really transforming how your body looks and seeing the transformation, like physically and not on the scale, you'll be like, okay, like something, like you said, something's changing. I don't know what, but I'm liking it. (laughs) Right. Like I need to continue doing this, you know? And I feel like we need to normalize the idea of lifting too, because um, what you just talked about, I feel like everybody just want to go straight to cardio and doing treadmill stuff and like, oh, I'm just going to walk on a treadmill for an hour or I'm going to go on a Stairmaster for an hour and that's it. No, pick up some dumbbells, get some weight on there. Of course, do it safely. Make sure you have a trainer or you know somebody that is guiding you because if it's your first time, nobody wants you to get hurt at all like that's not that's not what we're addressing we are addressing that you shouldn't go to the gym and just do cardio because cardio is not going to benefit you 
in the terms of you losing weight or whatnot. If you want to slim down, you want to increase muscle and lose body fat, strength training is the way to go. And we both have experienced that. Like we both go to the gym consistently um, throughout the week for plenty of months. You know, like we've been doing this pretty often and we see how beneficial strength training is. The more you do it consistently and also working on your eating habits, you will see the results. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Right. And I think what it is, it's just a lack of education as far as weight loss goals and body goals, I guess. That whole concept of body goals, it's really all about being healthy. It's not about weighing a specific amount. It's just about having balance in your workout, I feel like, because I was that person. I was shamefully that person that (laughs) was like, cardio, cardio, cardio. I'm doing my cardio. I did it 30 minutes every day. I'm going to lose weight. And I didn't. I didn't. I didn't lose any weight. I didn't lose. (laughs) So recently I started lifting like so recently, like around last year, this time, you've been seeing me, you've been seeing me on my little yeah, I've, been, I've been seeing girl. You saw where I started. The form wasn't there. It was just, it was just a little shaky in the beginning, shaky. but mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful for starting my fitness page and following people that are strong, not just people following women that are strong, that lift weights that have changed the way that they they look at life and change the way that their body looks through fitness has been so impactful for me as far as weightlifting goes. Cause like I said, I just mm-hmm. recently started weightlifting and it's just been so influential for me to see people like you and people like, um, Kira, the leader, people like <laughs> live out there, just literally just doing their thing, their whole body workouts, upper body, core, lower body, glutes, everything. And that's what we need more of in the fitness community, in the world, period. Mm. Not just all about aesthetics, but if you work out, if you strength train, your body is going to change. Nah, for real. Like, it's really going to change. And I love how you talked about, like, the aesthetics part. People like just the look of being fit. But people don't want to do what it takes to get there. You know, like, I don't know how many people have messaged me or reached out to me like, yo, like, I want a body like you type of thing. I'm like, but you do you understand the work I have put in to get there? You know, and it's still a process, you know, like, I'm still having time to, you know, reflect on what I do in terms of workouts and what I'm eating and Am I getting the results that I want? What can I do to, you know, reach the goals that I have for myself? And it takes time and it's a continuous journey, which I feel that people need to understand that fitness is not just like, okay, I reached my goal, that's it. I just stop. It's a continuous thing and it becomes a habit. (laughs) You know, it really does become a habit and a part of your life. And I feel that once we kind of change that mindset of, okay, I'm going to work out and that's it. No, it's a lifestyle. It's something that is going to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. And it may not look exactly like what you were doing in your 20s, like us lifting weights and putting on heavy weights and things of that nature. It will transition as you get older. You may not lift as heavy when you get older, but you're still 
doing something for your body. And I think that's the beauty of fitness, that there is so many different avenues that you can take. Um, you don't have to just do strength training. You can do kickboxing. You can right. do, take cycling classes. Right. You can do Pilates. Like The options are endless in fitness. And I feel that's the beauty of fitness. Right. So um, never the, try to disclose yourself on that. Right. And one of the things that people always kind of get confused is you need this product you need this product. You need the waist trainer. You need the supplements. You need the protein. Girl, don't, mm. Come on. I want to hear it because when you dropped that video, like last year around this time on the waist trainer, mm-hmm. I need to know how many followers you lost. <laughs> I'm just joking. Girl. <laughs> Girl, like we need to have a whole nother episode on that. Right. Right. We're gonna be on a, this is going to be like a whole nother hour just talking right. about that in general. But yes, oh my goodness, because like society just, it makes you think you need these things to get the results you want or like, oh, a fast burner thing or like sweatbands are going to quicken the process of you having a slimmer waist and all these quick get-ups that you're wasting your money, you're wasting your time. Just do the simple work that can be done without all this extra nonsense. Right. People need to just understand that, <laughs> like, just stop being persuaded by these things that are not good for you. Like you said, it's a lifestyle change and changing anything about your life, going through any new transition in your life. It's not just going to happen because you have this, this or that. It's going to yeah. happen once you change up here, you change your mental, change your habit, mm-hmm. change even the the people that you hang out with, maybe like y'all do different things, like go out on, on hikes or something every once in a while, instead of going out yeah. and getting mimosas. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to step on any toes. I do like mimosas, <laughs> right. but Girl, we, about we all change. love our mimosas. It's a balance. Right. It's really all about balance. <laughs> right. See? It all comes back to that. Like, it's good to have your fun, even with eating, like, I was just talking to one of my friends about like what I was eating this week. Sometimes I'm, I eat like a pig at times. Like maybe I'm like, okay, I just want a bag of Lay's. Like I just love Lay's and I'll just eat Lay's and I have no regrets to it because I know I don't eat Lay's every day. I don't, but don't restrict yourself on something that you may want for yourself and it's going to make you happy. And of course, I'm not saying like not engaging in things that are negative, um, things that are okay that you know that you may be craving like food like okay you know eating ice cream every single day is not good for you but if somebody has an ice cream cake because they're celebrating their birthday don't restrict yourself and say like oh I'm not gonna eat it because I can't eat it no you can eat it eat it like <laughs> because you're gonna regret it at the end right. if you don't do it so might as well just enjoy it be in the moment and enjoy your life I completely agree. Food is a life enhancer. Okay. It is a life enhancer. (laughs) You want something. If you want a pizza one night, you know, like you said, that's so fine. Now, if it's a habit, mm, you have to think about that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So um, thank you so much, Michaela, for everything that we just talked about. Uh, We talked about everything in terms of balance in general to a lifestyle working out eating 
everything in between. So thank you so much for your words of wisdom. Just being here. I really enjoyed this. Of course, Amber, I already said, I'm just grateful to be in this space. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. We had a really good conversation about occupational therapy, how it relates to balance just in everyone's life. Right now, even if you're listening to this podcast, that's an occupation. <laughs> that's what we do as mm -hmm. occupational therapists. We like to break things down. <laughs> so yes, we do. <laughs> just thank you so much for having me here and giving me this space to have this conversation with you. Anytime, girl, you know, this won't be the last time I, I bring you on here. We got more things to talk about. So <laughs> wage trainer. Like, you know, exactly. <laughs> a whole a whole segment. Just be prepared for that. <laughs> So Michaela, um, I usually have every guest just share their different social media handles, anything that they want to let the audience know. This is your time to do that. So the floor okay. is yours. You guys can find me on Instagram. I have two different Instagrams. One is called Michaela the Amazon, where I post my fashion and personal development related posts. And the other Instagram is called Slayla fit underscore where I post just my fitness journey if you want to find some fitness motivation and connect with me go to slay the fit also you guys can find me on youtube at Michaela the amazon and that's about oh I have a blog but also you can find that blog in the link in my bio for Michaela the amazon everything would be in that link tree bio in my bio so. <laughs> awesome thank you so much Michaela, for that and guys give her a follow check out what she's been doing her progress just like in fitness in general is amazing to see like I was following her from her from the beginning when she just started doing strength training and just seeing where she's at now is just like wow like you are doing the thing like I'm so happy about your progress and just keep doing your thing girl <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I aspire to just keep growing. Maybe one day I'll be able to do a couple pull-ups, but my push-ups have been getting there. <laughs> yes, girl. I Hey, I noticed. I noticed all of that. <laughs> but y'all, this was the episode with Michaela. We've been talking about occupational balance. Michaela basically gave a little summary about what we talked about, so I'm not even going to continue on with that. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, you guys know where to reach me. But thank you again for your support. Thank you guys for listening in. This has been really great just to bring different people on the podcast to have different conversations about not just occupational therapy, but just meaningful occupation so we can reach our fullest potential. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out. Thank you.